0: Hey, Gabriel Blake. Hey, Gabriel Jose. Where are we today?
1: I'm in San Francisco.
0: And I'm in Chicago.
1: Same spot every time.
0: (laughs) Not every time, not every time, but you know, much of the time. Yeah. But you know, at least from an audio quality perspective, I think that's a good thing probably. The only background
1: noise is my barking dogs, not obnoxious waiters and passerby and bad music.
0: Sometimes it can be good. Maybe the next time that we should record from a hour is that we should just like force a playlist of twenty songs of spaceman
1: music. <laughs>
0: spaceman music and start recording when it starts playing. You know, that it's like we know we pay for the priority, you know, like whatever it's called, like the extra credit that you pay for play uh-huh. right now, you know? So we just leave that. We may have to wait like for mm-hmm. an hour, but then it's good soundtrack. We could just
1: or we could choose like seven Enya songs, so it's very low noise, and we could just record with our NPR voices.
0: <laughs> do you think that we could actually choose, uh, how do you say it, like white noise? They we have like white noise I'm tracks?
1: I'm guessing the, the company is like, hey, let's not, not put the bar to sleep. <laughs> so there has to be some limit <laughs> to what they're allowed to play. <laughs> All right,
0: that's fair. Um, but what did we was this time? This was your pick,
1: all right. This was your pick, um, and and I don't know why. We've talked about this many times, but it really surprised me because you picked *Gone Girl*, which is a David Fincher film, but also stars Neil Patrick Harris, which sounds
0: weird. So, so. Okay, okay, you you were joking about these, you know, like when we pick it up, when I pick it up. But to be completely fair, Neil Patrick Harris is in what? Ten minutes of the movie? He um, has
1: people have won Oscars for less, I'm just saying.
0: True, true, but he does he's not enough time on the screen for actually destroying the movie.
1: No, it's true. I just I just like to tease you that you picked the Barney Stinson <laughs> of all the David Finston. The one starring Barney Stinson's <laughs>
0: Okay, let's just leave that on the side. Um, the reason I want to pick it up is because we have just watched Anatomy of a Fall. That it also plays like with the idea of there is a tragedy in a marriage, that we are not completely sure who is at fault, and is like, used as a vehicle for just displaying what's, what's like the dynamic in that relationship. So, it's more about like how they're going to be like this. Yes. So, I'm not saying that, that you know, like a uh, gong girl is an American anatomy of a fall or anatomy of a fall is a French <laughs> gong girl. But I'm going to say that they belong to the same kind of family drama thriller, like some kind of subgenre that we could qualify that way. So, as this was my. Uh, I think that you have to summarize it. Okay, so you'll have to help
1: me. And I don't know if we just want to spoil it, because this is a whole... Oh. Done it, so I don't... I mean, it's an old film, so maybe just say spoiler alerts ahead.
0: Spoiler uh, its is 10 years old, but I agree with you. It's like after... Well, go ahead.
1: Yes. So we meet... The, the film starts, I believe exactly on the fifth anniversary fifth wedding anniversary of nick dunn played by batman and um and their table and amy amy dunn from the massive attack music video um
0: <laughs> oh the one that dances in this is possessed oh wow
1: okay uh based on possession which we still need to see so anyway we meet them on their fifth anniversary and um We learn a little bit about the characters. Amy has overbearing parents that basically used her entire life to write children's book, a series of children's books that made Amy better than she was. So she always felt like she was, like, outshadowed. So that really fucked her up. She's fucked up. Nick fucked... We don't know that. I mean, just based on the parents, like I felt like we were meeting the parents and Brenda's parents in Six Feet Under, and you're like, oh, oh no, there's something very wrong. No,
0: no, 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 no. But I mean, it's like we met the parents along the way, but only small details. And it looks like she actually rolls with the amazing Amy, kind of thing in a very gracious way. At the beginning, I could say that the movie has like several acts. In the first act, like the person that Amy portrays to be is like very normal like Charming is smart, whatever.
1: Yeah, but I mean, she even talks to Nick at the press event and she's like, Amy has overshadowed me her my entire or life. And her parents are like, can you please talk to the press? And she hates it, like she hates this shit. But yeah, she's, she's very gracious. She answers the reporter's questions. She actually says, I hate this, but this is the reason I have a trust fund. So I do it and yeah. I get it. I, I would do it too. But yeah. the point is she's not happy and her parents are a little crazy. Um, so Nick comes home from the bar he owns with his twin sister, played by one of- Carrie Coon. Harry Coon one of your favorites. Um, and the house, there's like broken glass, some upturned furniture, um, and he doesn't know where his wife is. And so he calls the police. The police get involved. They, they don't know what happened. They don't have a body, but you know, it looks like something happened. So they start to investigate his life. Um. Nick doesn't hire a lawyer. He he seems to be honest, but the point of every scene in this movie is we just don't know. We just yep. don't know. Uh, Much like Anatomy of a Fall, it's a really good. Not, not saying they're the same, but similar. Like it plays with the viewer in similar ways. Yeah. So as the police continue their investigation, they start to uncover um, many concerning things, such as a tiny bit of blood spatter. Um, A clue, marked clue, which is actually the start of a scavenger hunt game that Amy made for Nick, which she does on every anniversary, it sounds like. Uh... And so we also start at this point seeing, seeing flashbacks from a journal that Amy wrote um, and I can't remember if all the flashbacks are accurate Or if they show, no, they show what was Written, and that's important Because all right. maybe we're wondering We don't know, but we're wondering Is this an unreliable narrator, is it not um, And from then I don't know how, how useful it is To get into the details, because like it, It's just a series of really Interesting clues that unfurl And they might mislead Or they might be true um, And th- there's you know, the policemen that are involved, we have this interesting perspective from the police side, and Nick's insisting that he's innocent. But very quickly, as they use luminol in his house and see a tremendous amount of blood, they're like, oh, Okay, she's dead. And even though we don't have a body, we're pretty sure you killed him. And he lied about a few things. Well, he lied about a lot of things. At some point, it mm-hmm. comes out just cheating yeah. on her. Um, and it just looks really, really, really bad for him. And then yeah. about halfway through the movie we switch perspectives not switch but the primary perspective we see is from amy's point of view and we see that amy has grown sick of her life she was a smart new yorker and he dragged her to missouri where she hated it and he neglected her she knew he was cheating on her and um so she masterfully planned framing him for his murder specifically in missouri where they have the death penalty because she wants him to be dead so she did all these crazy things like be- befriending a neighbor secretly and becoming best friends with her played by penny hearts from happy endings yes. um her name is casey i can never remember her actual name
0: uh, yeah i always had to check it out um but i like how she actually to introduced because i remember when we're talking about like oh penny hearts is also here I remember saying that, yeah, the cast is all over the place. But she's actually introduced as the biggest idiot in town, Casey Wilson. Casey Wilson. Yeah. And she plays... Her
1: boss on happy endings and married him.
0: Yep. Yep. uh, But she plays, like, the idiot role masterfully. i like, yep, she's playing what she's amazing at.
1: This film is not very kind to (laughs) Missourians.
0: Well, not all of them were dumb. Casey Wilson was.
1: That's true, but yeah. Um, so she's actually planning to kill herself, and she has a calendar of, of of you know when she's going to let the press know that she was pregnant in this very sneaky way. Blah blah blah. But before she's able to complete her plan, she's robbed of the only cash she had left, which makes her basically fucked. So she calls this guy, Barney Stinson, whom. Has been in love with her since college. Um, and she kept him on a string, it sounds like, because she's yeah. a Mr. manipulator. He's extremely wealthy. He says, Hey, I'll hide you at my lake house. She lied and said, Nick, Nick was hitting me, he said he was gonna kill me. I lost the baby because of blah blah blah. Um, but then he makes it clear: I will hide you, but we're gonna fuck and be together. And so then she decides um that she's well after
0: her- after seeing. Peg Affleck on TV. That he's like trying to come clean is that she changes her perspective, her plan.
1: Yeah, 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 that's right. So she decides that she wants to come back to Nick, but how can she come back from the dead? Um, so she she tricks Neil Patrick Harris into having sex with her, and then during Coitus, she slashes his throat. And then she drives her car covered in his blood and arrives back home at Nick's place. And they tell each other how much they hate each other, whispering while pretending to kiss each other in front of all the reporters. And Nick's just stuck in this house where he knows... Oh, and he hired Tyler Perry as his lawyer to get him off because (laughs) that's the weirdest casting I've ever seen. But anyway, um, ultimately Nick is like, what the fuck do I do? And Amy's like you know you've only liked yourself when you were with me. You're stuck here forever. And then she used his frozen sperm to get herself pregnant for real. And she's like, if you leave me, I'll make your kid hate you forever. And so he's like, oh, I guess I'm staying with her.
0: While Carrie Coon breaks apart, he's like, are you going to stay with that bitch for 18 years? The one that pretended to be kidnapped so you could get killed? Is that- and Tyler you- Perry,
1: who's his attorney, he's like, you'll be fine. Just don't piss her off.
0: Bye! <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I mean, I think that he first says something like I cannot believe these G guys are perfect for each other because they're like both the completely most up he's ever met, yeah. 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 Um I have to say this to Neil Patrick Harris is a bit of a weird choice, but as he has like this small role, is that I am okay with it. And the rest of the casting is like, it's pretty random, but it works but it's still pretty bizarre. All
1: joking about um, Barney aside, he does pretty well. He's a little bit wooden. I think he overplays it a little bit, but he's fine. It's enough. He he wasn't distracting. All the performances are good. I was even impressed with um, Affleck, Ben Affleck. It's not like he's stellar, but he was just fine carrying this movie for the most part.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I I really love Carrie i think that it was like the my favorite part are you watching from...
1: the other age season two
0: no i only watched one episode you know that i don't like period pieces and the special effects of the show for being a period piece that you are supposed to not needing special effects were super jerry
1: i can't disagree in the slightest from what i've seen of season two the special effects are better that being okay. said, it's not like a great show. It's enough for me and my husband to eat dinner together watching. That's
0: it. Uh, I mean, I feel if I want to see something with Carrie Coon, I would rewatch The Leftovers. Uh,
1: I always want to call it The Forgotten.
0: No. Or Fargo Season 3. This is one of the main characters. Oh,
1: nice.
0: Um, we're just going to say uh, I also like the character of the policewoman.
1: She was good. Her, her her sidekick was annoying, even though I liked yeah. that actor. But that actress, I was like, I really like you.
0: Yeah, yeah I really like her. I think <laughs> I love like that scene when she's uh, the wife, uh, Amy, is in the hospital. And she's being interviewed by a lot of FBI agents. And the policewoman is like, so you're telling me that he appeared there? And he's like, I'm trying to tell my story and I'm very shocked. <laughs>
1: and then when she says if if what does she say she's like because this investigation was left in your incompetent hands i would have been murdered and my husband would be on death row so can i tell the story about me being kidnapped and raped now <laughs>
0: <laughs> um i honestly i had the same feeling as the first time that i watched it that is like my first reaction is like wow this is way better like when the movie ends is that like my first reaction is like hey this was like way better than i expected it's like a roller coaster ride about like you think that you're watching a movie and then the movie turns around and then it turns around again and it does it in a good way i remember like watching the uh the trailer like when the movie was going to be released and i thought that I thought, oh, it's going to be like one of these triggers that you already know everything from the trailer and it it's held together like pretty well. It's like if you don't read too much about it or anything, it's truly like a good write off surprises along the way.
1: So I liked I liked this viewing. I had seen the film one other time, and I remember not liking it that much, but it was complicated for me because I had just read the book. And honestly, I don't remember anything about the book or that first viewing. Like this was almost a new movie for me, which is weird because I had seen it before and read the book. Um, But I appreciated not having the book as context this time. Now I could just watch it as a movie and I saw it differently, which I liked it.
0: Yeah. Now, I would actually say that after a while, you know, like the following day, I was thinking about it, or a couple of days later. And I was just feeling like, okay, it's good, but I wouldn't say that it's Fincher best. If I had to do like a top three of Fincher, this wouldn't be in it.
1: When you picked this movie, (laughs) I made the analogy about how I feel about this film. And and when there's a really good fashion designer that makes it, that has broad appeal, they make a cheaper line, and it's always a weird name, like Mark by Mark Jacobs, and it's like slightly more accessible for like the aspirational fashionistas. I feel like this is David by David Fincher. Like this isn't like... I wouldn't put this in his the list of his important films, but it's still super high quality.
0: I mean, definitely shows that he directed it, you know? And it's like, from a, how do you say, like a production perspective, he's 100% feature.
1: Yeah, you can't mistake his mood at all.
0: Yeah. But if I, I don't, I don't know if I agree that it's like a minor film, or if it's the most accessible one. Do you think that Seven is less accessible than this?
1: Um, it's not that it's more or less accessible, I'm talking about the importance of the film. Like We would argue that Fight Club is an important film and far better than Gone Girl. I would argue that the game, honestly, it is more important than this film. This is kind of just pulpy. Maybe it's because it's a, based on a best-selling novel, and I'm a snob. Maybe that's it. <laughs> Honestly,
0: for me, it's that this looks like by the manual thriller.
1: You yeah, know, like exactly. With
0: twists and turns. But it's that there is nothing bad with it. I mean, I, I I think that maybe the Curious Case of Benjamin Baron is more important than this movie, but it's not better than this movie. Shut <laughs> your goddamn mouth.
1: <laughs> I like to pretend he did not direct that.
0: Yeah, sorry, here it is. I wish it. No, I only watched it once. Um, no, I'm checking his movies. I...
1: Zodiac. Zodiac f- feels like it has more gravitas.
0: Yeah. But I mean, Zodiac and Fight Club, for me, they're like the ones that they are way above the rest. And I love I... Seven. The, I love Seven, but it's like, I just feel like it's not as complete as those two.
1: House of Cards was pretty good.
0: <laughs> no, differences... girl with the
1: dragon tattoo. Nah. The Social Network. No. No. I mean, it's it's fine, but it's not like a. Yeah.
0: It's
1: a, it's a fine movie. It's just not like when I think of David Fincher, I'm not like, oh, The Social Network. Plus, that was
0: my. By... Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't forget about that. Don't worry.
1: Panic Room. Panic Room, I dare you to watch and tell me is not a great film. It is. It is. I, went, I rewatched it recently and I was like, whoa, this is actually good.
0: I don't believe you. I think that you're trolling me right now.
1: No, I swear to God, Jose. I may be wrong, maybe you hate it, but I rewatched it and I was like, wow, Sure, that I, was amazing.
0: I I watched it on the cinema and I remember like at that time saying that it's like, well, maybe the feature wasn't as good as I thought
1: well I had another film picked for next episode but maybe I'll
0: pivot No, the
1: (laughs) Kristen Stewart David Fincher film
0: alright it's your pick you do whatever we're going to be like watching the original pick at some point Uh, no but for me the problem there it was more like Fincher was coming super hot from doing Fight Club the game Seven, and he's like, the expectations were super high, and I think that. Sure,
1: group. that's totally fair. But like, I appreciated watching um Gone Girl a long time after I read the book. This time, I think you'll have a different perspective. That's fair. That's fair. Um, the next time we come to Chicago, we're going to go LNL Tavern.
0: <laughs> and what? Talking and about recorded. serial
1: killers, and then we're going to come home and watch <laughs> Panic Room.
0: Maybe we should actually just, like, watch Zodiac.
1: Okay, I'm down. I drive nice. past the Chronicle building every day, and I think that's where the Zodiac sent his weird letters.
0: Mm-hmm, hmm Um, let me just think, going by going back to, uh, to Kong, did it feel too long? Yes, it's not that the film is
1: boring in any moment. It's, it's pretty, uh, compelling. Um, mm but i did feel like you could have wrapped up the story a little bit tighter in the final act maybe the final 30 minutes could have been more condensed it just felt a little drawn out at the end it's fine um but yeah if i were an editor i would have
0: suggested a few edits i think that i agree with you on the last part as we have like three acts let's just say you know that is like a like the external perception, a me perspective of what is happening, and then we have like the reunion. The reunion felt like one more scene, yet one more scene, yet one more scene, one more scene that it felt like you could have a stop here. You don't need to put a tie, you know, put a bow tie around for completing the story.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. Uh, go for the questions?
1: Let's do it.
0: Uh, would you watch it again?
1: Yeah, I would. Tomorrow. I wouldn't watch it again tomorrow, but I would watch it again in like six months to a year, and if I was flying to Chicago and it was one of the one of the films available, I would probably put it on and fall asleep too. <laughs> uh
0: I probably wouldn't watch it tomorrow straight away, but I would say that I was expecting it not to be enjoyable after you know the twists, and it was. So I had the feeling that it's like it wouldn't be tomorrow, but in a month from now or two months from now, maybe it was enjoyable enough.
1: I would agree with that.
0: Yeah. Uh, would you recommend uh, Gongo?
1: So. I- <laughs> It's not that I would tell someone not to watch it, but again, like I can't imagine a conversation where I'm like, oh man, have you seen Gone Girl? <laughs> like there's no conversation where that would I would say that. So I guess my answer is no.
0: Uh, that, uh, that, that's completely fair. I'm going to go with Jess, but I agree with you. That is, I a, I'm not completely sure under what circumstances I would go with this movie, you know? because we still have like other options i mean i feel like there are like better thrillers out there but if i try to combine thriller and family drama
1: we always talk about hereditary well that's the one i mentioned when we talked about family thriller horror but that's more horror
0: yeah, 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 that's a bit more, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm going to go with this, but I agree with you that it's like it's hard to figure it out under what specific circumstances that they are not a hey, should I watch Congo? Because if someone asked me like point blank, probably would say like yeah, it's
1: an enjoyable movie. That's true. In that conversation, I would recommend it. I'd be like yeah, it's worth checking out. It's a minor Fincher. Maybe check out the game afterwards, but yeah, watch Congo. Sure. <laughs> uh
0: Would you remember Congo?
1: I, my answer has to be no, because I read the book, I saw it one other time, and it was still like a brand new movie to me. The only thing I remembered was uh, Neil Patrick Harris getting his throat slit by Amy. All
0: right, I was going to go with this, but I'm going to go with no, because I even mm-hmm. forgot that part. I knew that Neil Patrick Harris was in there, but I only remember, I, I even thought that he was like, going to be like showing up, crying at the door or something. And he was like, nope, he was a scapegoat. At the end uh and i remember that benny was there but i didn't remember like how i only remember that it's like she's faking the kidnapping that's the only thing and it's not enough for saying i remember a two hours and a half movie yeah that's fair uh is there anything artistic about it
1: yeah i mean david fincher's direction it's almost kubrickian to be honest, and I I don't say that just because of their shooting styles were similar that they would do a hundred takes for the simplest thing, but you can tell every scene is framed perfectly. It's colored perfectly. It, it comes. There's so much. Every scene emotes something. Well, it emotes the same thing. Creepy. Like uh, analytical. Like, analytical.
0: Thing. Yeah. There's
1: like a, a, a yes, yeah, sinister underlying something in every scene and his direction is amazing i love it
0: yeah yeah no me and too. the performances uh, were great
1: too the writing's good it's just a solid film all around
0: yeah i i agree i think that the script is actually pretty solid i just feel it's like okay this comes from a book but it was adapted in a good way my only con- complaint is like the last act i would say but the comedy parts landed. You know, I was like just giggling from time to time. Well, okay, this is stupid for a very dark movie, you know. Um, But at the end, I think that is like the directing style is that for me, Fincher is I think that is like one of the best directors out there. That is that there are not so many right now, you know, there is not so many directors that they can be like so obsessive with what they're putting on the screen. And there is a reason for that. It's like because I think that is like he captures a specific style of cinema that no one it's even close to duplicate. So, I agree. Yeah. Uh, is this a timeless piece? Yes, very much so. Uh, I had a question while I was watching this. Is that like, this movie is from 2014? And the depicts like the main character, Amy as fucking butt City saying. You know, the sea toid with every single man around. But one thing that I was wondering is like, how has this movie aged? You know, like by nowadays standards, because as I see, basically she has used like rape, like in her advantage. Like we even see like a former uh, boyfriend. I don't remember what was the the actor name, but she this... framed him for first
1: degree rape.
0: Yeah,
1: or at least yeah. that's what we're told. We don't know the truth. We have to assume he's telling the truth, but
0: yeah. But it's like one of those things that it feels like. By nowadays standards and part of me even thinks that it's like is there another read to this movie i mean of course not because what we are like depicted is like we have the reliable narrator on the flashback parts is that we see him how she gets hit by ben affleck but we don't know if we can trust that part or not
1: yeah and ultimately we learned that nick's more trustworthy and he was he they read the journal together and he's like that's true that's true even embarrassing shit he's like that's true that's true and then he's like i never hit her this is bullshit so yeah. i was telling the truth but i i see what you're saying but in terms of like is it politically correct enough is it you know tearing down women in an inappropriate way there's nothing like that in this film. It's just about two psychotic people and how psychotic they are. And there are women that, you know, accuse men of rape for their own personal gain. And there are men who rape women. Like, that's just a fact. I don't think they show anybody in an unfair light here. Let
0: me just put it in a different way. Do you think that this movie would have been green this? Today, yeah, I think so. Do you think? Do you remember yep. a, a, promised young woman, a promising young woman? i i've never seen it but i've seen several scenes on tiktok (laughs) (laughs) okay you have watched enough tiktoks for just knowing what the movie is about
1: yeah i've seen the trailer and i know she goes and exacts revenge on all the women i think it's just women that failed to protect women
0: no it's a man is that she actually tries to get revenge around because of a friend of hers that she got raped and then she committed committed suicide and it's like everyone that participated on the rape got away with it so
1: it's all it's so the scenes on tiktok is where she's exacting revenge on women i didn't
0: see any on men so are we talking about the same movie i don't think that we're talking about the same movie dude this movie even opens with her like just taking men home and dragging them like roofing them and just saying it's like hey you shouldn't be like pretending that she's drunk and then she's going to be like taking advantage of
1: who was the mom on the fir- first season of white lotus
0: oh yeah uh the one from friday night lights yes um,
1: isn't she in that film and she protected the man in the rape case at the college. And so she goes to the college and said, oh, you wouldn't protect me because you thought it was safe. Oh, so I dropped your daughter drunk off at the dorms.
0: Yeah, but she's in one I see, I think.
1: Right. But then there's the super hot girl from Community. She confronts her at lunch.
0: Oh, yeah. But she's also, so yeah.
1: She execs revenge on a ton
0: of women. Chew. Chew. <laughs> <laughs> OK. Oh, okay. sure. Is like she actually like does some stuff in there, but it's like it's a movie about like, hey, you are like, you use your position of power, and this is like a bit of an inverse story that in this case is like, hey, this woman like took advantage of manipulating men and justice for just like portraying herself as a victim when he, when she was not, you know. But
1: people do that. Men do that, women do that, it's a real story.
0: There's oh yeah, it's a real story. I don't disagree with that. It can be a real story, but I had a feeling that it's like by nowadays standard, I had a feeling that producers could be walking on thin ice about like, is this okay, 100% okay or not?
1: Honestly, because of the success of the book, I think this would be greenlit at any time. It's a guaranteed slam dunk in terms of money. Okay, I don't think you're wrong with yeah
0: no. Okay, all right, yeah, that was something that I had on the back of my mind. Uh, well, one thing that I thought that is like okay, maybe this could be okay is because Reese Weaver Spoon is a producer. Oh, she is. Yep.
1: And her stamp of approval means it's feminist, no matter what.
0: <laughs> so what I was thinking when I was like, okay, well, I guess that is okay. I shouldn't be thinking too much about it, you know.
1: I love, I love her most feminist moment is when she got pulled over drunk driving and she slurred at that officer, "Do you know who I am?"
0: <laughs> feminist. <laughs> let's let's just let's just pin that. Let's just put it aside. Okay, um, let's go back to the questions. Uh, would you turn this into a TV show?
1: Honestly, if David Fincher was directing and he could make it a House of Cards sort of thing, absolutely, yeah. And and I I don't remember the book, but the book is not short. I'm guessing there's plenty more in there that they could have made a 10 episode season, yeah.
0: Yeah. As long as it's a limited series, I would agree with you. Maybe more about hey just give me six episodes of this, I'm fine. Six hours of content, like a spread, and have like more penny hearts in it, I'll be fine with that uh could this could this have been a short no
1: I, I we need more than an hour in this world but we don't need as much as we got to spend
0: um, yeah i i agree i think that is like two hours and a half maybe was a tiny bit longer than it should have been but definitely you need more than an hour uh, do you think that this movie could have been better any clearly improv uh
1: yeah so i i think I feel bad saying this about the David Fincher film, but we both said the third act could have been tighter. I I do feel like it dragged on too long. That's what I would change. That being said, I couldn't direct anything like David Fincher does. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I agree. I would go with yes, but also I would say that there is also the problem of the pacing. You know, that is the first two acts, they take place over a week of time. There is like a tiny bit of a jump later, but then when they get together, Again, okay. I just feel like look, this takes like weeks and weeks and we're only giving like glimpses, you know. And those glimpses they feel a bit of a hey, you could just save them, we don't really need it. If it had ended with like just knowing that the other party knows and they're in a they're not even in a mutual self-destruction assurance, you know, like insurance that have been more about like, hey, big Affleck, you want to stay. Deep deep inside is that you are as fucked up. I say me. And with that, it's like just living with that tone is enough. You don't have to have like the interviews, the pregnancy, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I don't, I don't care. It's like, it's, it's fine, but it doesn't add more. It can be like more, I don't know, tighter in here. Um, and these are all the questions. Should we score this movie?
1: Yeah, I have no idea how to score this. And I have to go first. I'm going to give this an 8.
0: Okay. I'm going to give it a 7.5. <gasps> I
1: Which... thought for sure you were going to go
0: higher than me. Uh, it was between a an 7.5 and an 8. The only thing is like, I checked that I gave an 8 to Anatomy of a Fall, and I think that this is slightly I bit it lower, it? Uh, an
1: 8.5. All right. Okay. They're consistent at least, these scores. <laughs> Anatomy of a Fall is a little bit better.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I had a great time watching it. I watched it on the plane. That's true, you know. But it was one of those movies that is like, this is a great watch right now. That I don't have like any other distractions. I'm having a blast. I was watching it next to my boyfriend, and my boyfriend was hearing me like giggling and just smiling, and he was just looking at me. You know, like you're having a good time watching this.
1: My husband is very sensitive to gore, and um, not that this film is gory at all. Mm. but i asked him well it's a little gory but not like yeah. it's not torture porn um yeah. but my husband walked in i had invited him to watch this with me and he said no thanks and he walked in right in a scene where amy is preparing okay. to hit her cheek with a hammer <laughs> and i like paused. i was like no don't look don't look go <laughs> away
0: <laughs> yeah there are a couple of scenes that they can be a bit offensive for specific sensitivities but overall i think there is I wouldn't recommend it to my parents because it's pretty fucked up like the dynamic oh you would not i don't think so i mean the same way with anatomy of a fall i wouldn't have a problem recommending it and i did recommend it already today it's like with this one i had the feeling that it's like yeah it's not so much about the sex i mean you see some teats you see like during one frame like the all of ben affleck frontal
1: I'm not going (laughs) to pretend I didn't pause that.
0: (laughs) Uh, But yeah, besides that, I I just feel like it's more about the dynamics that they portray, like how freaking evil Amy is.
1: Well, I mean, when when Amy's preparing to betray Neil Patrick Harris's character as a rapist, she takes a wine bottle and rapes herself with it so that there's vaginal wounding. And I was like, I, I was uncomfortable in that moment. I was like, oh. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah with a complete straight face like with no expression yeah,
1: she just dead dead S- face just doing what she
0: needs to do to survive yeah a fucking psychopath uh cool. but what are we watching this
1: so one of the reasons you picked this is because uh, david fincher just won or was nominated for the golden lion at venice for his new film uh-huh. called The Killer. And it's been in theaters. Um, it's coming to Netflix in two days from now, um, which this episode will be released long after that. You can watch it on Netflix today.
0: I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably you cannot watch it on the cinemas anymore. No, I'm guessing not.
1: Yeah. yeah. And yeah. also, I, I went to check when it was playing in San Francisco it was only playing at the opera which is a tiny the smallest probably not the smallest there if you smaller but it's a very small independent movie theater in San Francisco
0: that's mind blowing like to watch uh, how do you say uh, a movie by David Fincher in it's kind of a state of the industry man <laughs> yeah. But, yeah good man uh, anything else to say about Congo? Good enough. Good enough. Good enough. (laughs) Eight. (laughs) Uh, And to everyone else out there, thank you so much for putting out with us.
1: And get your COVID booster and flu shot. Flu season's coming.
0: (laughs) Okay. Be safe. (laughs) Bye.